you can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app. here on Monday, February 17th, 2020. Happy President's Day to everybody. I am Dave Biddle. Very happy to be joined by Bill Bank Green. Bank, let's start with some recruiting, and we'll talk about Mel Tucker, and we'll get to some current Ohio State players. But on the recruiting front, let's start with Tunmisi Adelaide, young man originally from the state of Texas, now at IMG Academy. Uh, sounds like the Buckeyes are in good, I don't know, in a good position to land him. But sounds like Every top school in the country is after him, and he's listening. Where do you think uh, things stand with Tamisi Adelaide? Yeah, I think you described it perfectly. I think Ohio State is in a great spot, but, you know, I don't think he's in any position to make a decision right now. And he's going to get chased by everybody in America. Um, to me, I, I thought the chances for Ohio State went up when, you know, he moved from Texas to IMG. It's a lot easier to recruit, you know, Bradenton, Florida, than it is the state of Texas. And Ohio State has had such a great relationship with IMG, you know, and they've done such a good job with the IMG kids that I, I think that gives Ohio State a little bit of a boost, you know, rather than trying to recruit a kid from his home state of Texas. It's going to be a battle. Um, you know, you can list all the top schools in, in the South. They're all going to be after him. So it's going to be a fight, but he is going to be on campus soon. And, you know, you go from there. I think Ohio State's in a, in a great position. But, you know, I don't have a crystal ball pick in on Ohio State to land him. So we'll see what happens going forward. I think they're positioned really well right now. But, you know, this is the layup line in recruiting. We're, you know, we're not even in the first quarter yet. So long way to go with this kid, and we'll, we'll see what happens. And for the listeners that don't know, Tomisi Adelaide is ranked as the number three strong side defensive end in the country, five-star prospect. I want to ask you about another five star prospect bank, someone who's ranked even higher than that, defensive tackle J.T. Tua Malowal, sorry if I'm mispronouncing his last name, number one D-tackle in the country, number four overall player in the country uh, from the same high school as G. Scott Jr. Uh, in Washington. I know you feel like I saw you put a, a crystal ball in for the Buckeyes. I got everybody in Buckeye Nation feeling pretty good about that. Uh, why'd you put a crystal ball in for J.T.? Yeah, I think Ohio State's in great position there. They've been recruiting him for a while. Um, he knows the program well from seeing G. Scott, and I think um, I think JT's a kid that can leave that state. And I think with Chris Peterson out of Washington, you know, I think the situation's a little fluid right now there. So I would think he is more of a uh, a kid that could go a couple thousand miles from home. And you know, I just think the relationship is strong. It's been strong from the beginning. Um, and I feel good about Ohio State landing JT Tuomolo. I really do. 
I'm curious to get your take on if Ohio State's going to be hitting the portal uh, very hard uh, to try and maybe find a defensive back or a running back or both. I know they're at, given recent events, they're right at the scholarship limit, but I won't be surprised if a couple other kids leave after spring ball. It happens every year, just naturally. Um, do you think the Ohio State will look towards the portal to get, you know, add some running back depth and add some DB depth? DB depth for sure. They were looking at the portal. Um, my gosh, as soon as the game with Clemson ended, and maybe before that. So yeah, definitely DB help. But I mean, what the, what they need right now is they need number one. They need someone that's going to be eligible instantly. It doesn't really make any sense to bring a guy in that's going to sit a year. You, you've got high school kids that they've recruited that can do that. They need instant help, and then you need somebody that's good. I mean. Cam Brown's a heck of a player, seven banks, a heck of a player. I mean, so if you're going to bring somebody in like that, that player's not coming to Ohio State to sit. Anybody's in the, in the portal with one-year eligibility left, that person's looking to start. You know, with Jonah Jackson, it was pretty easy to kind of show him that he was going to be a starter. Same with Justin Fields. So if you're going to get, you know, a DB, he has to be better than what you have or you're just adding a body and taking up a spot. So, you know, the portal can still change. Like you said, Ohio State could have a couple guys leave after spring. Well, so could other teams too. So a lot can change with that portal. So I, w- I would keep an eye there, and I do think they would love to add a DB that can play that's instantly eligible. I think they would take that guy tomorrow if he was available. The running back situation, I think they're fine. Now, I don't know if they think they're fine. Um, and we're going to find out. But, you know, I, I like where they're at running back-wise. I think – and it's funny because when they landed Teague, I was not real high on him, and everybody else was, you know, had him as the next Eric Dickerson. And now that time has gone on, I'm high on him now more than I was when they got him, but it seems like a lot of people have kind of lessened their thought on him. I think he's going to – I think he's set up to have a big year next year, and I don't think they need to – to go into the portal and get a running back. Um, I don't think they're going to find one better than Master Teague. I think he'll be one of the best backs in the Big Ten next year. I agree with you. I think if uh, I think Master Teague's <laughs> going to do just fine as a starter this coming season. Curious to get your take on Mel Tucker at Michigan State. I'll ask you about the process in a minute. Before we get to like the controversy about how he took the job and all that, you know, telling Colorado players he's going to be there, which you know he's the first coach ever to do that. But anyway, we'll get to that in a minute. But besides that, do you think it'll work? Do you think Mel Tucker being the head coach at Michigan State, you think we'll look back on that and say that was a good hire or no? Well, I'm just I, I think he's a heck of a coach. And I think he's he can do a great job there, but I worry where are they at with that roster right now? How long is it going to take to get that roster to where they can compete? You know, not with Ohio State, but compete with Michigan, Penn State, you know, Wisconsin. And, and I don't know. I don't know the answer there. We're going to find out. And then are there NCAA sanctions coming? Is the Curtis Blackwell information, is, is there more to come from him? Um, so that's a worry, too. If you end up with a scholarship reduction, then, man, you know, it's hard to play in that conference with all 85. But, you know, if you have to lose scholarships, you almost have no chance. So I, I believe in Mel Tucker. I mean, I think he's a heck of a coach. He's he's coached under Jim Trestle. He's coached under Nick Saban. Um, he's got a great reputation. Um, Might have tarnished it a little bit with how he left Colorado. But, no, no I think Mel will do a great job. And I think – I think the situation at Michigan State is going to dictate how good of a job he does. And, 
you know, where they're at going forward with the NCAA. Speaking of the controversy surrounding his departure from Colorado, I mean, this happens all the time. Not every coach that leaves does this, but Thad Mata, when he was at Xavier, people ask him, are you going to take the Ohio State job? No. And then they got all upset that he took the Ohio State job. Well, you kind of have to say what you have to say, you know, because of recruiting. That doesn't even explain Nick Saban when he was with the Miami Dolphins. I will not be the Alabama coach one day before he is the Alabama coach. Here's my take on Mel Tucker. I don't think that he really believed Michigan State was going to back up the Brinks truck as much as they did. $5.5 million a year for six years. I mean, I heard he turned down $5 million a year for five years. They had to make it six years and $5.5 million, doubling his salary. So I, I, understand, I understand why Colorado people are mad, Bank, but I also understand Mel Tucker's point of view. He has to act like he's the Colorado coach, and he's recruiting until the minute he knows Michigan State's actually going to meet his salary demands. That's my take on it. This happens all the time in coaching. I don't fault Mel Tucker at all. What's your take about the way he left in the controversy? Yeah, I agree with you 100%. Um, and when the original offer was on the table, I think it was easy for Mel Tucker to say, I'm not leaving. I'm going to be the Colorado coach. And then when Michigan State came back with, you know, just a, a sick, crazy offer, well, then you have to take it. I mean, he doubled his salary. Um so, you know, it's like you said, it's part of the game. It's part of the game you have to play. And at the time he said he was staying, I think he believed he was staying. Yeah. And then Michigan State came back with a just an amazing sweetheart deal. Well, then at that point, you know, he's not leaving. And he told you that. So, no, I, I think it's all part of the game. And, and I can understand Colorado people being upset. Um, I, I totally get that. But yet. I also understand Mel Tucker handling his business the way he handled it. And it's just, it's, it's the way the way the game is played. And like I say, he, he goes there without a hitch and he takes over the next day and he's making a fortune. I mean, it's awesome for him. Now, when the kid he recruited wants to transfer, it's not so much fun for him, you know? So that's where I, when people talk about, how they hate the portal now and they hate free agency and they hate kids being instantly eligible and all that doesn't bother me a bit because there was no portal Mel Tucker had to go through. He didn't have any problem. He got a better deal. He's instantly eligible. And in 24 hours, he's got a new home and he's having fun. So I think the, the players should have the same rights to do just what these coaches do. So that's why the, the portal and the whole idea of that doesn't bother me a bit. Um, these coaches can change jobs like they change underwear. If you look at Mel Tucker's history, I mean, you know, he's probably a guy that rents and doesn't buys. I mean, he has a lot of jobs, and, and that's great for him. But I think the players should have the same rights. Not that you asked that question, but I kind of wandered off into that. I'm with you on that, especially if a coach leaves. Like, all of Colorado's players that signed in the 2020 class should be able to leave and sign somewhere else, in my opinion. I mean, their coach just left. That would make sense. And I just defended Mel Tucker, but I will say it does make him look bad that he made the comment. He was getting all mad about players transferring, and this was last fall. I believe it was in October of 2019 he made the comment, which is now burning him, that there's no transfer portal in life, you know, basically saying you've got to stick it out and tough it out and everything. But whatever, man. Uh, before I get you out of here, I want to ask you about some individual Ohio State players that might be stepping up this spring, at least we hope they are. Tyreek Johnson. Well, there's some intel that Tyreek Johnson's finally turning the corner. We'll see. What are you hearing on Tyreek Johnson? Do you think as a third-year sophomore he can uh, step up for the Buckeyes? Yeah, I don't see what he's turned the corner on. They really haven't been on the field doing much. Um, you'll see if he's turned the corner in spring football. And then 
you know, you're really going to know if he turned the corner if he's on the field next fall when the bullets are flying. So far, we've seen nothing out of him. Um, I've never heard anything positive about him until this, this winter. But right now, all they're doing mostly is winter conditioning. There's not a lot of football being played right now. So I'm, I would temper that enthusiasm. And, and I would also say I've never really heard anything negative about him. I just never heard anything really good about him the whole time he's been here. And then if you look at how they have not played him, I mean, I don't think he played five plays as a true freshman in all those blowout games. They could have got him in there. And then I've never seen him do anything on the field last year. I didn't see anything. And, you know, they had guys like Reap and Brown and Banks and all those guys were ahead of him, Proctor. I mean, so I'm not sure if he's a corner or a safety. And, you know, we're going to see this is a big year for him. This is a big spring for him. I mean, this, there, there are jobs open now. You just had four NFL guys walk out the door out of that secondary. Well, three with Wade coming back. But, I mean, there are jobs available. So this is Tyreek Johnson. This is his time right now to put the pedal down and shine. Next guy I want to ask you about, Cade Stover, Ohio Mr. Football. Uh, we weren't sure what position he was going to play. Looks like he's on the Sam Hubbard path. Came in as a linebacker, moved him to D-end. Now he's at tight end. Now Sam eventually moved back to defensive end, of course, so who knows what's going to happen. But what do you think about Cade Stover moving to tight end? I don't like it. Um, you know, I don't know. I, the, the thing with him is, you know, I loved the kid in high school. And, you know, he played safety. He played quarterback. He, he did so much, and he was so big and fast and, and such an amazing athlete that it was easy for someone like me to say, oh, my gosh, he's going to be 250 pounds, which he is right now. And, you know, he'll play defensive end. But he never, ever put his hand down and played ever in his career. So there was going to be an adjustment there. That was It was not reasonable to expect him to come in and, you know, take on these 300-pound offensive tackles. I mean, he's never done that before. But I, I thought this experiment would go longer than one year. I mean, I hated seeing him move to tight end. And that's not saying that his skills don't translate to tight end. They really do. But yet, tight end at Ohio State's a dead position, and the DN position is, a, is a, a, an NFL power position. So I hated to see it for the kid. Um, the fact that, you know, Larry Johnson allowed this to happen, tells me that, you know, he probably wasn't getting it at defensive end. So, you know, I, I hated to see it personally, but yet when you look at him as a tight end, I mean, he's got all the qualities that you would need out of that position. But, I mean, you know, if he couldn't learn the DN position, now you're asking him to, again, learn a position that he's never played before. So I think the, the best thing for Cade is to find the absolute best position for him, whatever it is, and stay there and master that position. You know, we knew he wasn't going to be a quarterback. We sure knew he wasn't going to be a safety, and that's where he played in high school. So put him somewhere and leave him there, and let, let's let him develop. So he's got a ton of talent, ton of skill, ton of athleticism. You know, he's 6'4", 250 pounds. So there has to be a spot for him somewhere. That must have been fun for a high school running back. You break through, you get to the second level. All of a sudden, there's this massive safety waiting for you named Cade Stover to drill you. My gosh, that was a huge high school safety. Um, last guy I want to ask you about, Kayvon Pope. You think he'll be the linebacker that steps up to replace Malik Harrison? Might it be somebody else? Just your thoughts on Kayvon Pope. Yeah, I could see him being given that opportunity because there's also a school of thought, you know, that Tuck Borland and Toronto Mitchell will take the middle, that – uh, Baron Browning will get moved into Malik's spot. 
And I could see that, but boy, if you could find, if Pope could work his way into this mix, he would bring, I think, a little bit more speed to the field. Where I thought, and I think the linebackers get a lot of undue criticism for their play last year. I mean, Ohio State had one of the best defenses in the country last year. And you can't do that if your linebackers are bad or average. And I thought they were pretty good last year. But if, if there would be a little criticism, I don't think they had enough speed on the field at linebacker. And I think, boy, Pope would bring speed. You know, if he can do everything else they need, if he can master mentally what they need him to do and, um, you know, physically hold up against the run, I mean, he's going to put a lot of speed on the field. So I'm anxious to see him this spring, see how they use him, and, and just see how he has grown, if he's ready to take that leap, you know, to being a full-time player. So I, I, I can see a benefit there if you can get that kid on the field just to add more speed. Great stuff, as always, from Bill Bank Green. Larry, wide-ranging show here. Uh, great stuff from Bank, and appreciate all of us out there for tuning in the show. Hope everyone has a great day. Let's hear that Buckeye swag, best damn band in the land. Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. Are you still listening? Good. Take a deep breath. You needed a break. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount Plus. So, yes, you can literally stream a stream. Paramount Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation.